Where can you turn for wisdom? There's lots of places where you can turn for advice. But where do you go when you want true wisdom? Well, God's Word is the source of godly wisdom. But God has also given us vivid illustrations of His wisdom in the things He created. When you examine and understand creation through the lens of the Bible, the creation teaches you and inspires you to honor your Creator. Stephen called this lesson, Words of Wisdom from Creation. We arrive today in our wisdom journey at Proverbs chapter 30, and we're told right away in verse 1 that these are the words of Agur, son of Yahweh. Now, nobody knows who Agur is. Frankly, he isn't mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. But his name means the collector, and Yahweh means the obedient. Now, it's possible that these are rather clever pen names for Solomon, referring to himself as the obedient collector. What we do know is that Agur opens this with this rather blunt statement about himself in verse 2. Surely, I am too stupid to be a man. I have not the understanding of a man. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. Well, I I think he's uh, being a little too hard on himself because it's going to take a rather intelligent person to write these Proverbs. But I think there is a point to be made here, isn't there? A person who thinks he's the smartest person in the room isn't going to listen to instruction. He isn't going to be teachable. The other thing I notice here is that the uh, the author is comparing his intelligence and his wisdom with God's, and that's important. He asks five rhetorical questions now, uh, beginning here in verse 4. Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name? Of course, the answer to all these questions is God himself. So get this here. The author wants you to be humble and teachable so that you can learn from God. God is the school teacher. Now, you got to show up for class so, so that God can impart to you his divine wisdom. And by the way, this question here, what is his name and what is his son's name? Well, that's a wonderful Old Testament allusion to God the Son, the Lord Jesus. Now, here in Proverbs chapter 30, Agor begins to instruct us with some some rather serious warnings about sin, and he's going to point out four sins that are common among people, but they ought to be avoided. He writes here in verse 11, there are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. Well, this is is showing disrespect uh, toward your parents, and frankly, there's no age limit on this sin. He isn't just talking about a three-year-old smarting off to his mother in the grocery store. This could be a 30-year-old disrespecting his father and being unkind to his mother. The second sin mentioned here is self-righteous hypocrisy. He writes here in verse 12, there are those who are clean in their own eyes, but are not washed of their filth. 
In other words, they claim that they're not guilty of any sin at all. They don't need to be cleansed by God. They're just fine in their own eyes. Well, they're hypocrites. Agur mentions next the sin of arrogance here in verse 13. There are those, how lofty are their eyes, how high their eyelids lift. Well, this is, this is describing somebody who's always looking down on everybody else. In, in total arrogance. Well, then the fourth sin here is mistreating the poor and needy. Verse 14 says, There are those who devour the poor from off the earth, the needy from among mankind. We need to understand that, that biblical wisdom doesn't just tell us what we ought to do. It also tells us what we shouldn't do. Well, now here in this chapter, we read in verse 15, Three things are never satisfied. Four, never say enough. Then again down here in verse 18. Three things are too wonderful for me. Four, I do not understand. Now this three things and and four things is is a Hebrew expression that tells us that the list, although it is specific, it's not exhaustive. It's like saying, you know, there are three or four things that come to mind, but, but it, you know, the list could be longer. Agor then begins here in verse 16 to describe things that are not satisfied. Sheol, or the grave, is never satisfied. Uh, Likewise, the barren womb, parched and thirsty ground, a forest fire, he writes, is is never satisfied. It don't want to die out. It all illustrates, by the way, human greed. Greed is never fully satisfied. It never says enough. Now, with that, Agor is going to make some positive observations about life. He writes here in verse 18, three things are too wonderful for me, four I do not understand. In other words, they make me marvel. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship on the high seas, and the way of a man with a virgin, that is a a woman with whom he's fallen in love. These are wonderful things to observe. But then he adds one thing he just doesn't understand. Verse 20, the way of an adulteress. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wrong. She doesn't see any any damage done to her family, her marriage, uh, to other people. I, I've, I've done nothing wrong, she says. Let me tell you, this is the perfect picture uh, of our world today. Men and women all of its sexual immorality. The world doesn't think it's wrong at all. In fact, it's something you ought to be proud of, something you can celebrate. There's no need to worry about, you know, the ruin it brings to a marriage, a family, a home, even a nation, certainly your own physical body. Now, with that, we're given some wisdom from the world of creation. Verse 24 says, Four things on earth are small, but they are exceedingly wise. The author is going to point out now four specific creatures. First is the ant. It it stores up food for the coming winter. Second is the rock badger. The rock badger lives in the rocky cliffs for protection. These creatures understand their limitations. They never stray very far from home. That's pretty good advice for us today. Here in verse 27, you have the locusts who have no king, yet all of them march in rank. In other words, nobody's barking out orders, but they've got enough sense to work in unity. 
Then here in verse 28, you've you got the little lizard. It's tiny, but because of its persistence, it lives inside the palaces of, of kings. Agor now writes in verses 30 and 31 of four things that are stately. That is, they are impressive in their appearance. He points out the lion, the rooster, the strutting rooster, the male goat, and a king surrounded by his army. All four give you this picture of confidence and strength. You know, it isn't hard to observe that God is has created certain animals for prominent positions. He's also placed certain people in prominent roles. And a wise person recognizes this is the created order of God. This is his promotion. Now with that, chapter 30 wraps up with a warning not to try to exalt yourself. In other words, don't work at your promotion, your own promotion. That's going to open the door to scheming and manipulation, and it's going to lead you to anger and frustration if you don't get ahead and get that promotion. Agor writes it this way here in verse 32. If you have been foolish, exalting yourself, or if you've been devising evil, put your hand on your mouth. That means stop talking about yourself. Stop scheming, planning how to get ahead. I was driving the other day down the interstate in my pickup truck and a sports car raced past me, easily doing more than 100 miles an hour. Kind of made me feel like I was in the way. And as the car blasted by me, I noticed the license plate that read, in front. Well, he certainly was. And it was pretty obvious that what mattered to that driver was getting ahead of everybody else. And I got to admit, I was tempted to catch up. You know, I couldn't help but think that's the wisdom of our flesh. That's the wisdom of the world. Do whatever it takes to get to the front of the line. Beloved, the wisdom of God reminds us that while we should take initiative, we should work hard, we're to trust the Lord for his direction, his promotion, his assignment, his divine placement of us where we are. And with humility, learn to appreciate our creator God and his perfect wisdom in the way he designed our lives. Well, with that, we're out of time for today. Until our next wisdom journey, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was a lesson Stephen called Words of Wisdom from Creation, as he continues this wisdom journey through the Bible. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to install the Wisdom International app to your phone. There's a new feature. In the menu along the bottom is a tab that says Bible. That gives you access to the complete text of the Bible that you can read. But as you read it, If Stephen has a lesson from that section, you'll have a link right to that lesson. So let's say, for example, you're reading Genesis 1-1. Right at the top of your screen, there's going to be a link to Stephen's lesson from Genesis 1-1. And that's true for the whole Bible. The Wisdom International app will help you grow in your faith. Install it today 
Then join us on our next voyage of the wisdom journey.